podcasting for entertainment and enlightenment in the dental world, this is Gums and Gossip. She's the one behind the mask and face shield, and now the microphone, helping your gums and teeth sparkle while sharing stories and listening, all with lots of laughter. And now, here's your dental hygienist host, Hope Lloyd. Welcome, everybody, to Gums and Gossip. I have with me Carol Gilmore, who is an advocate, a challenger, and authentic balancer for herself and everyone who trusts her with the honor of speaking into their lives. She is a highly skilled mental health counselor, an inspirational speaker, and trainer, and she has touched the lives of numerous people from all walks of life. And I have the honor of having her on here. So thank you very much. Thank you for having me. What a great introduction. I appreciate that. Um, I'm excited to be here and excited to hear what you have in store for me. It's always uh, very exciting. Yes. So let me tell you a little bit about Carol. We have this relationship where I've been seeing her as a patient for a couple of years now, right? Oh, yeah. It's been... Yeah, been some time. <laughs> some time. And so as my listeners know, um, my patients are dear friends of mine, and some are more dearer than others, and you are one of the dearest. <laughs> and we've shared some struggles. So let me tell everybody, this is kind of a funny little thing. So Carol and I, we when she sat originally in my chair, I didn't know what she did or anything. And so here I am just babbling like I normally do. And I think it took me a couple of times before you actually admitted that you like what your profession was. <laughs> and, and then I went, oh, dear God, what have I told you? Like that you had been assessing me. So one of the things that we, we shared was that you immediately after I figured out what you did, after you finally told me and you were giving me advice and we'll get to that later. We, what we finally ended up saying is you said, well, don't judge my teeth, and then I won't sit there and judge you, and we'll have this relationship where you can still babble to me, and you can still look at my teeth, but don't, you know, we, we kind of put it where there was no shame, no game. It was just all fun. That's right. That's right. It's all good. And you and you got to laugh in the chair a little bit with me too. And it, it became where, you know, um we learned a lot about each other, even though I put my hands, you know, in your mouth. And <laughs> I still let you talk too. So it wasn't like I was and and I was helping save your teeth and your gums. So it was like a win-win. And then mentally, you gave me some really good advice about dating. <laughs> in different things <laughs> because you do specialize with the marriage and and therapy and so it became more of a hey we were both excited to see each other in the chair and you're looking forward to hearing like what was going on in my life and then i got to see you know how everybody with family and we got to um know each other a little bit better yes it, I actually think that um, our relationship evolving um, really was a gift because I always felt like, okay, I know I should be flossing more. So the fact that you didn't get on to me more about, okay, you should be doing this, you should be doing that. 
and being really uptight. And then as you were telling me stories, I would be thinking to myself, okay, perhaps I should give her a little guidance here. <laughs> but um, I think we evolved to a safe, comfortable place for both of us. You don't criticize my gums and I won't criticize the guys that you continue to date. <laughs> And it was interesting. So one of my first stories, this is funny, I think it was one of my first stories. And this is when I put myself online for the first time. And I think I told you about the foot, was the foot thing the first? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I had never been online dating before. I had no idea what to expect. Everybody said, you just need to get yourself out there. So the first attempt that I have, I'm telling her this story while she's sitting in my chair, not knowing what she does. And I'm telling her this story about this guy who I talked to on the phone. And he, not that anything's bad, everyone has their different fetishes, but this guy had a foot fetish, obviously. And so I'm telling her this story about how, <laughs> how the the guy would, we talked for a little bit. I got to know about his, um, I got to know a little bit about him, but then he wanted to meet me at a racetrack and buy me an ice cream. <laughs> this was the date. <laughs> and he wanted to see my feet. And so when I told him that was really unusual, you know, I kind of, and I don't know, you have your different take of how I told this story, but from what I remember telling you, was how the guy was yelling. He ended up yelling at me because he was like, I want to see your feet. And I didn't want to meet him. <laughs> and so then my coworker ended up putting, <laughs> putting things all over my room. The next day after telling her this story, I had like, the, like hairy feet and club feet. And I should have probably maybe responded with this guy showing him a different, gross feet, but maybe it would have like enticed them more. I don't know. Well, first of all, you have really cute feet. So don't let your listeners think that you have like a clubbed foot or a hairy foot or, you know, not that there's anything wrong with that, but you have very petite, cute feet. Um, so <laughs> thank you. That was dating lesson 101. When the guy says he wants to meet your feet um, instead of being so enthralled with your personality that he wants to meet you in person, run. Do not walk to the nearest exit, but run. So that was like my first encounter with you, I believe. Was it a, about the feet? Yeah. Yes. So here she is sitting in my chair, probably trying not to laugh, going, oh my gosh, this person needs help. Okay, because I'm laying back and you're like, you know, doing your deal in my mouth. And I, and then it's like water. And I'm like, I'm about to choke here off of the story that you're telling me. <laughs> so I blocked, I did block him. And, you know, after that, cause he was, he did get really angry and it was, it was interesting, you know, because I was like shocked. I was in total was, shock. Yeah. That, that's one of those <laughs> that you could write off to the, the the uh, director and say, hey, I've got a great story for you how this guy got angry with me because I wouldn't show him my feet. I guess that's kind of like when the guys you're dating say, show me the goods. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> oh my gosh. So after that, it put me in trauma where I totally got offline. I didn't want to like even, it just shocked me that somebody could be that way. And I totally got offline. And then I was talking to more and more patients and they said, you know, you're too cute. Get yourself out there. Somebody is out there. It just takes a lot of kissing a lot of frogs to get your prints is what I was told. And I'm like, I don't want to kiss a lot of frogs. <laughs> or kiss a lot of feet. I don't. <laughs> so <laughs> I decided with patience and this made it a little more fun where I said, okay, we're, I'm going to go on first dates only. It just relieved a lot of the pressure. And I said, let's see, I'm going to learn a lot about myself as well as get myself out there and see where it takes me. So it was like a, a year process that I was going to go on 10 first dates only. And then I started sharing like each number with you and some of my patients. I, I want to highlight for you and remind you that that actually is a smart idea and something that I recommend for people to do because it's kind of like putting, you know, when you've been in a relationship for a long time, it's like, okay, I'm taking the training wheels off. So I think getting out there and if more people would pay attention to within the first 30 seconds, whether or not, and I think you can speak on that, whether you know whether this is going someplace positive or not, if people would cut their losses and run then instead of, because I often hear from people, they'll say, well, that did kind of bother me initially, but I overlooked it. And I'm always thinking, yep, if you just said during that first date, yeah, you know what, I'm good. It was nice meeting you. I do think it would save a lot of grief and I didn't know that. And so I had to put myself out there to learn um, what my expectations were and what I could tolerate. And there were a lot of things that I did. There were some bad judgments. I mean, it was, but things I had to learn for myself because I had never, I've been single for 11 years. I had never really dated before. I've raised my kids. Everything's been focused on all that. And all of a sudden the energy was, Hey, maybe I want to find somebody, you know, that would be compatible. And so you're reaching and you're like, well, there's a bunch of people who found love online, you know, and how it, um, and so I was like, well, I'm just going to try it. And, and to make it less pressure, that's when I did the top 10 and I said, okay, first dates only. And so I'll, I'll kind of share and you can kind of put in your input on things like with each one because <laughs> you've sat through them with me. Yes. <laughs> well, that's, so that's your, your step one and feedback for people is just put yourself out there. So, all right, start with the first story. So the first one, um, we had talked for just a bit. It wasn't so stressful at all. He was a residential surgeon. And so I knew, you know, it was a great first date. There was no, he took me to Top Golf. And so we had a really good time, great person, not anyone I would be attracted to or anything, but it was just a fun date. He could tell I was nervous. Um, and, and that was it. I went on his stats. So, He's, he was a doctor, so we believe that he was, in fact, a doctor. But was he as tall as he said? He was a little different looking uh -huh. than his profile. Uh -huh. So how different? Like when they say they're six 
four and they pick you up and they're five eleven. <laughs> I'm trying to remember if I recollect his it looked like in the profile a little bit, it looked like his uh he was the same height. I think it was probably on a good day when he took the pictures. Or with a picture from 10 years ago that he decided to upload to his profile and you're like, uh. Yeah, he told me that the, his, the nurses were the ones who put him online. He told me it wasn't him, that it was the same kind of thing where it was like, get yourself out there. I was like one of his first people to go out with too. And so we were kind of on the same page. Okay. And so if I wanted to call him up, which I'm not, you know, he would be a great fun person, but it would, it was just a good start. So then I was like encouraged and I thought, well, you know, I got one under my belt. Very good. Very good. So from the one under your belt, what was the one takeaway from that one? That I could put myself out there and that um, I could go and have fun and realize that there were people out there that weren't just looking at feet. That weren't all, yeah, a little bit touched. Okay. And I allowed myself, which was really hard to be able to go out on the date because, um, you know, I... I I just wasn't comfortable, you know, like getting myself out there. Yeah. Okay. So would you say going to do top golf, was that something that was what he picked or something that you picked? I want to say it was like both because it gave us something fun to do instead of having to worry about going somewhere that would be dinner or secluded or something. It gave a really fun activity. I think it was important to have an activity that you both enjoy. Um, I'm not the best golfer, but that was the funny part. You know, I tried. Tip number one is put yourself out there. And tip number two is for a first date, it's a good idea to pick something that is going to be fun. So you are at least somewhat distracted and that might help with the anxiety that you feel surrounding the date. All right, next. So number two, he was, we talked for several weeks and he got me because he loved to travel and he was super good looking. And, and so I was kind of like, wow. I mean, I really thought he was a catfish, to be honest with you, <laughs> because he just seemed too good to be true. And so he was just, you know, he he was very professional. He owned his own business. He could travel whenever he wanted to. He lived up in Kansas. And um, but he would send me pictures. He was on his way to Arizona, New Mexico. He would go hiking. I liked the adventure side of it. And he ended up going, he was in California and because <laughs> he would send me and we would talk and he'd be like, I'm on the beach right now, you know, and I was like, that's so cool. And, and so he wasn't a big party person. It just seemed like he was ready where he says, you know, you would, you seem perfect for me. Um, I would love to meet you sometime. And I, you know, we're both busy. I was busy with the kids and everything else. So it was before um, Easter. He was driving home, he said, for Easter. And it was the Thursday before Easter. And this was a couple years ago, I have to say, you know, it wasn't the something current. So um, he was driving home 
and he says, you know what? I'm going to detour to Dallas to come meet you before I head up for Easter to see my family. And he goes, I really would love to meet this person that I've been talking to. You seem awesome, that kind of thing. And I was like, wow, you seem really good too. So I was so excited. I had work that day. Um, I'm like, oh my gosh, he was sending me a little text that said, you know, I'm on my way and I'm, you know, super tired. I'm not eating, you know, that kind of thing. I'm going to get in late. So he drove from California 23 hours to come meet me. <laughs> that says something big about you. High stock. So I was like impressed. I'm like, wow, this guy's really, you know, that's pretty cool. So I didn't want Number, I guess the other take of it, you don't want somebody meeting you at your house. You, you want to meet in a public place. So I had finished work. He said, I'm still a couple hours out. So I said, you know, I'm going to go grab a bite to eat. Um, and I had a glass of wine. <laughs> so I treated myself. And I was a little nervous about, cause he would kind of tell me, Hey, I'm coming, I'm getting ready to be there, all that. And so we ended up meeting in a lobby of a really nice hotel. It was a public place because it was late at night. It was probably closer to 10 o'clock ish that by the time he got in. And so, um, it might've been nine 30. I don't know, but it was later and I didn't want, um, I was trying to be smart about it. And so a part of me, like I said, thought he was going to be a catfish and he wasn't who he said he was. And so I finished dinner and I'm walking around and I go in one door and he goes in. He's coming in another door. I didn't know he was coming in. And so it was like we're across the way in this lobby and it was like this romantic Aww. like. He sees me, I see him, and I'm like, oh my gosh, he looks exactly like his profile. Yay, that's a win. <laughs> it was. So I'm like, I go up and give him a hug, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, this is so great. And he was exhausted. And so we're sitting down in the lobby and everything, and we're talking and everything, and I could tell we just didn't have, when we finally met each other, we didn't have anything in common. So the hours that you spent talking on the phone but it was just no chemistry when you finally met in person. I guess not. And so I, you know, we ended it and, you know, he left and, you know, everything was fine. You know, it was very cordial and, um, you know, it, we tried, I would say we tried. And then, so next thing I know, you know, I asked him the next day to make sure he got back to Kansas. And I said, you know, what do you think? We left on a good note. It, there was nothing bad. We kissed. Mystery there either. I mean, he was, he was nice. I just, I don't know. There was something missing. Okay. And so, um, and then I kept saying, it's just a first date. <laughs> so it kind of made me feel like, you know, I'm just getting myself out there. So I asked him, I guess it was like the next day or whatever. And when, when I, to see, make sure he got okay. And he was, you know, going to have Easter. I think it might've been after the Easter or something. It was probably a couple of days later, maybe. Um, and I said, what do you think, you know, after we had been talking for so long, I didn't really hear back from him that much. And I wanted some feedback for myself. And then I realized he was like, it would never work because, you know, long distance relationship. He said, a, 
And then he said, B, I mean, with me having the kids, it's not like I could just take off and go travel with him. And then the other part was, which got me the most, was that I took bad selfies. Oh, okay. So that was unexpected. And I said, he goes, you're much better looking in person than you are taking a picture of yourself. And I, it was kind of an eye opener. And I said, wouldn't you rather me be better looking in person? <laughs> right. Instead of the opposite. So I guess he wanted someone that he could take photos of that would appear like he had this arm candy. And because you didn't take good selfies. X. <laughs> So that was number two. It's like I ended up, you know, saying, okay, I, I did it. I went on number two. I met him. He was who he said he was. So that was fun. Before we go to number three, so you've got put yourself out there, got pick a fun activity for the first date, mm -hmm. and we've got meet in person because while you may connect over the phone, the chemistry may not be there when you meet in person. Right, right. And there's different expectations, maybe. Yeah. And I guess the, the bonus of that would be learn how to take good selfies. <laughs> if you're going to put yourself out on a dating profile, make sure you have some good selfies because apparently that's how visual, maybe because guys are more visual, that sometimes if you have to filter, edit out, maybe this is what I gather. Maybe if you have to filter your selfie out, maybe you want to look better in the picture than in person. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that one I'm going to have to say that is a little bit touched because I would think that it would be better to have the in-person better than the Instagram that has 10 filters on it. I would think so too, but maybe there's guys out there that are looking for somebody who looks like a supermodel, like you said, on camera. Yeah, but in person, all of your friends are like, yeesh. What happened to her? <laughs> like, that was a great filter. <laughs> okay, so number three. Number three did not look like his photo. <laughs> okay, too short, too tall, what? He was shorter than his his because I like taller guys and so he was a he was shorter than he said and he was a, of a different race it was like a total different he was from Turkey huh? and and so yeah it was a completely different it threw me off because he didn't say anything about any of that and he didn't sound I mean not that anything's big but it just he didn't sound when I had talked to him different things I mean he seemed like he was genuine he seemed honest. So we met, he owned a um, franchise. And so we ended up meeting in, because it was later, and we ended up meeting in a pub and they had like dartboards and different things, you know, to do okay. and, and also have dinner. And so when I met him, he was like amazed by me. He was like, wow. And he said the same thing. You look so much better in person. Okay, we're going to work on your selfie game. <laughs> I've worked on it since then, but I'm just telling you, this is the initial part. Okay. I, But I didn't want to tell him you look nothing like your profile because I just felt like I just kept that to myself, you know, and I, I just didn't want to, I'm not that type of person to be like, ew, yeah. you know. He just was mesmerized by me and you could tell he was very nervous. And so I ordered like, you know, a beer and he ended up having 
12 vodka Red Bulls. And we were playing darts, and I swear the darts were probably going up to the ceiling. He starts getting handsy with me, and I'm like, and I started worrying about him. I wanted to run to the restroom and just leave, um, because that's what people have told me. They're like, just get out, you know, don't like, you know, when a situation like that. But coming from like a wanting to help people standpoint, I wanted to make sure he could get home okay. And so my compassion and my heart went out. And so I stayed around and I said, are you going to be sober enough? You know, and he was like, oh, you're so beautiful. You know, he just got all the the drunken, the drunksies. And there was nothing. I'm like, wow, you're sure drinking a lot, you know, that kind of thing. So I ended up getting myself out of the situation, making sure that he was okay. He walked me to the car and I just got in my car and I said, are you sure? He said, I, I live right around here. I He sobered up a little bit and that was it. And I blocked him. I don't know if he sobered up, I don't, you know, but somehow he ended up, I checked, he got home and that was the end of that one. But yeah, I had, so the third one I would say is an alcoholic. Sounds like he was probably a functional alcoholic. And so it's always, so that's our number four tip is safety first. So if someone is doing something or their behavior makes you uncomfortable, um, so that's when it's a good idea to have that girlfriend on hand that can call you and say, oh, it's an emergency and I need for you to come right home now so that you can have a way to exit without feeling obligated to stay there. Because it sounds like, yeah, he was probably a regular where they knew he drinks like this all the time. So, um, yeah. And walking you to your car next time, you probably need to say, ah, I think I can get there. Lesson learned. Yes. Yes. Okay. So number three was probably the worst so far. Well, the feet thing, but we'll say. Okay. All right. So number four. Number four is everybody's favorite. <laughs> because number four, he was, let me tell you what drew me to him. He was adventurous. And he sent me pictures of him like skiing and like doing these fun little tricks in the skis, you know, and, and then he also sent me picture or like he played guitar. And so he would send me clips of him playing guitar and songs. And it was, it was really cool. He seemed very laid back. And so I thought, well, this is a cool guy. And so we went on a date and listened to, um, I had recommended there was a guitar player on the stage and we were, we went to this place and we were listening to the music and the guitars playing and, you know, he leans over and we kiss and I was like, he was so sweet. And all of a sudden he starts sweating a little bit and he got really nervous and we didn't have all we had. We shared a waffle. We had water. If there was no alcohol, after I told him what happened the last date, there was no alcohol involved at all. So um, I probably should have had some alcohol, but he goes, he starts sweating <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> I need to tell you something. And I'm like, oh, and I'm like, this is such a great date. I felt so relaxed. And I'm like, this is so awesome. And he goes, no, I really. So then I start thinking, okay, he's married. He's gay. He's, you know, there's something He's not wanting to tell me, and even though we've been talking, maybe he has an ex-lover. I don't know. Maybe somebody was right, there. All right. these things go through your head. He tells me he just got out of prison. Oh. For attempted murder. Oh, nice. 
And I thought he was joking. I thought that was like an icebreaker because I'm looking at the dude and I'm thinking, wow, there is no way. And I'm like, what? I would recommend, but okay. Well, I thought he was being funny. He was not being funny. He actually had just got out of prison for attempted murder with his parents. Oh, okay. He tried to burn their house down with them in it over money. So he tells me how he did it. He tells me why he did it. He tells me he's still 15 years on probation. He tells me, and, and the whole time I'm listening, and I did tell him part of my empathy. I said, I really appreciate it. He didn't have to come out and tell me that. I said, I really appreciate you tell me. Burned you down in your house. Right. He might have, like, he could have gotten farther. He wanted to confess to me the whole thing. And he told me that he was working on himself, that his parents, the reason he's only 15 years probation is because his parents went to the courts and said that they would help. His parents, actually, the ones he was trying to kill, told the courts that he would be okay with them. And they supported helping him. And so he was living with his parents? I believe he was. Wow. Okay. So then that one would be number five. Do a background check um, before going to meet with someone so that you don't end up being their next victim. That is a very good lesson that you want to make sure, you know, that you know who these people are. And so I had never run across that, you know, I was thinking, well, you know, it is a good idea, especially a woman to be doing that, do some kind of get their last name, get, get something about them so that when you go out with someone, but it wasn't a thought that crossed my mind because I, I would never think of Of doing anything like that. Yeah. Um, Well, that's, I think that ties into, we can almost make that point number six is that just because you're a certain caliber of person doesn't mean that the person that you might meet on one of these dating apps or things like that. I have a friend that always says, date a person long enough to meet more than just their representative. And in this case, you're exempt from that because you were just doing first dates only, thankfully. But yeah, um, because your moral fiber would say to you, I would tell this person this before I actually went to meet with them to see if they were even comfortable meeting with me. I wouldn't wait, go have a meal with them and share a kiss with them and go, oh, by the way, I almost murdered my parents. Yeah, that that he probably should have told you that in, I don't know, first, second conversation, perhaps. Perhaps I would have been really nice because I wouldn't have, but it was a good story for me to tell. And, and at least, you know, I kept thinking in the back of my mind, what have I shared with him? You know, like, because mentally I wasn't quite sure after that. (laughs) Like, does he know where I live? Does he know, like, my last name? What does he know about me? And he seemed like, to be able to share that with me, it seemed like he really, maybe he was working on things. And I do wish him, I wished him a lot of luck. And, you know, and it was, after that, it was, you know, end ties like completely enticed because that almost is like being especially somebody telling you that they've committed a violent crime so how did you feel navigating that because clearly you were not going to go out with him again so was it like that conversation like 
I need to make this clear that you will never, ever, 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 ever see me again, except only in a selfie. Or did you wait for the follow-up phone call after the date to then say, yeah, you know, I wish you well or whatever? No, I think I left it at, because I kind of backed my chair up a little bit, you know, I, I kind of, <laughs> and I kind of left it at thank you. You know, um, I didn't run or anything, you know, I didn't cause a scene or anything like that. You know, we were listening to the music and I just kind of, after that ended and I said, I just really appreciate your honesty and I want to thank you. And I know this is just another, you know, first date for me. And, um, and they knew most, I would say the guys knew their number. I would tell people you're number one. I'm just doing this to get myself out there. And if I found a connection, you know, I was all into maybe I would, but it, it kind of relieved the pressure off of me to, yeah. to not have to worry about a second date. Yeah. So that was smart how you set that up strategically. Wow. Yeah. So some people think that's crazy. They're like, why would you go on just one? But to me, it worked for me, you know, because mentally I needed to see things like I'm visual. I need to see things. I need to experience things. And I hadn't done any of that. So I felt like I did a really good job because if, you know, maybe one day he changed his life or maybe I helped change his life and he realized you never know what impact you have on people. Yeah. Uh, well, as I told you, I think that going out on one date, you know, that's great because it really also lets you know, what do I need to look for? How do I posture myself when I'm going out um, with people? And even down to what do I wear? Because in that situation, you needed to have some tennis shoes. So if you needed to run, you could. So, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, I, th I think that the one date thing was great. And I think, you know, whether you set that and say 10, I actually think 10 is a great number, five, between five and 10 first dates. So you can, like you said, break yourself out of that comfort zone. But also when you have not been out there dating, become aware of what you may encounter out there as your date. Right, right. Wow. So, so number five, my son plays baseball. And um, so it was really hard and challenging at the time to figure out when this guy didn't have kids. He was a uh, history of being in the Navy. He helped a lot of people. Oh, yes, I remember him. Okay. Do you remember sitting in my chair? Now it's like coming back to you. <laughs> Does yeah. it feel, it feels the same. So anyways, number five, we, so my son's baseball game, um, ironically, it was like in Plano or something and it ended up getting forfeited. And so the kids were with their dad and I was like, oh, I had an opportunity. And so I happened to text him and I said, hey, I'm free for dinner. There was some kind of like, um, maybe he had mentioned, I'm sure there was, you know, that he would be free that night too. And, and I was like, no, I had a game for my son. And then it was like, oh, it was forfeited. So we ended up meeting at this seafood place and had a, a great time. But he, I don't know if he kept falling asleep. 
there was something about him I thought that was suspicious about him. There was. Something was off. We we watched baseball together. There was like on TV. There was like different things. And we had great conversation. But I, I really felt like he had a sleeping issue. Cause, and so we, we were laughing when I told that story to some patients. And you probably told me the same thing. We were going, is number five alive? <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> like, was he alive? I don't know. It was like we tried, we were going to try to get back to, you know, to do something else. And, you know, he had potential to go on a second date. And then it was like he snoozed. <laughs> you snooze, you yeah. lose. Don't let number five drive because uh, then you may not end up alive. It's true. Yes, exactly. I'm like, what exactly. in the world? So he kind of ghosted me. And then, like I said, I don't know if it's because I, I never knew what happened with him. I never could get feedback from him with anything because I think he was probably sleeping. I was going to say, I can tell you what happened. You are a live wire. He was like, that is going to require entirely too much energy. <laughs> probably. He's like, I need somebody who needs naps and this one's not going to be it. So let's just ghost her. So what is our tip for, we got from number five, I guess that would be get rest before you go on your date. There you How's go. That? That's a good one. Like rest up <laughs> maybe because it was impromptu and he didn't know he was really going to be meeting me, but he was going out to dinner anyway. So maybe he just wasn't his best. I don't know. Going out to dinner could have been he was having DoorDash deliver his dinner to him um, while he sat on the couch so he could be right there to eat and then take a nap. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So be rested before your date. Yes. So what I'm going to do is we're going to end on number five. And if it's okay by you, we're going to continue this with another podcast of, um, you know, the next six through ten. And we'll discuss if that's okay. That's perfect. And we'll leave the audience. We're going to leave everyone in suspense what happens after number five. All right. Perfect. <laughs> and so we gave them tips, which was put yourself out there. Pick a fun activity for your first date to help with ease anxiety and have something fun to do as a distraction. And definitely do more than talk to the person over the phone because you may actually meet them in person and find that there's no chemistry at all. And then uh, we had safety first. So if the person is drinking too much, and I definitely never recommend on your first date you drinking. Like if you need to drink, like it needs to be where you pour half of it out and add some water to it or something just to be social, but you need to be in the right frame of mind and uh, find out a little bit about the person's background to make sure that they're not trying to burn down houses with people in them um, and just get off of like death row or something. And the other one was um, remember that just because you have moral fiber, everybody may not and be well rested is what we ended on so that you can be nice and fresh for your date and not falling asleep. <laughs> yes. So I'll tell you qualities about you that I just love and I adore that we share the same goals. Um, every time we, we are both real people. And I think when you're real and people understand that you 
are willing to help. And both of us, including in my chair, we have the same um, journey and goals, I think, because in my chair, I try to help others as well as like when people sit and talk to you, it's your goal to help others as well in their mental state. And, and I deal with people mentally as well. Um, and so my stories, like this dating stories and everything, are really kind of comical. I mean, and I, I think of them as comical. At the time, they're different when you're in that story. <laughs> but to share yeah. it, yeah, but to share it with my patients, they know that you're a real person as well. And that you're not just being a tooth cleaner and just sending you on your way, that they're involved in your life and you're involved in their life as well. So I love listening to people. You love listening to people. We love talking to people. That's yeah. what we do. And then it's also important to be like, have a safe space to be able to share things. And I try to create that environment where there is a safe place where whatever I discuss, it's not that I'm going to, um, you know, put anybody under the bus. It's just, some people just need to talk when they're in the dental chair and you're the only, I'm the only person they can listen to. And obviously I can refer them out to you if I have <laughs> you know, any kind of issues. Well, I think that what you said is so important is recognizing that regardless of our profession, that we're real people and just having empathy for people and being willing to listen because really people just want to be heard. So you are the first line of defense, if you will, to people feeling comfortable to addressing their issues. And so when you do refer people to me, you've already broken them in, they've gotten comfortable and they realize that I'm not some big scary person that is gonna dissect them or as you said, you know, fill them, you know, where they they it's not a safe place and they feel um, condemned or judged but that it's a safe space for them to just be able to share and get some relief from what they're experiencing. Right. And I, hopefully I've done that, you know, with most of my patients and everything. I mean, I know some people look at you with hygienists, we have different quirks. Um, but, um, <laughs> you know, I appreciate all your input because there's so much more for us to share for my audience knowledge of not only when you're in the dental chair, you know, and you have a crazy hygienist, you know, with hands and mouth talking, but you also recognize other people's needs and, and do have that empathy. And that's so important. I, I just can't stress that enough that we are living in a time right now where if people could just extend some grace and have empathy for another person, I think that we'd be so much better off. So I will, I think that's a great point. I'm going to end on that note. And I want right. to thank you so much for taking your time and sharing all this fun, fun information with me and listening to my stories as well. And I will not have lecture. I won't lecture you on flossing or anything because I know that's just not that's not what I do, right? I'm not that kind of hygienist. <laughs> Thank you. But we get so connected to you as your patients that we really want to impress you. So it does help to push us to the point like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go see Hope. So I've got to get it together. So we do appreciate 
your your caring way of letting us know that we can always do better. So if if hope teaches us better in the chair, then we can do better when we're not there. Yay. Well, I love that. And thank you. Is there anything else you want to share? No, um, I thank you for having me um, on and allowing me to be an active participant. And I look forward to coming back again. Definitely. We will have part two of this dating and you'll hear more stories of what I share with my patients in the chair. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Have a good day. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Gums and Gossip. If you liked what you heard, let us know and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Tell a friend and follow us on Facebook and Instagram.